the minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. I'm Lawrence Cazette, who wrote the show. Bass, I love that kids, cause here we go. Ahoy hoy and howdy. Welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Jeremy Sternhagen. And I'm Tyson Ferris. And together we host a podcast called The Real Jaws Minute, another Movies by Minute podcast you can check out along with a whole bunch of other ones, including stuff about Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And we also host a podcast called Bad at Movies. You should look it up. We sure do. But, t- but today we're talking about Silverado, and I'm talking fast. You are talking weirdly fast. I'm good at it. Well, um, should I get right into it or should we talk for like a 20 minutes and then get into it? <laughs> we were going to talk. No, we said there was something we were going to talk about that last episode. We pushed it off to this episode. Oh, we... it was a uh, uh, music, I think. Music. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, music score. There's music. Oh, yes, movie. yes, 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 uh, yes, rhythm, yes. Rhythm of the soul. Uh, sure. Um, yes. yes. Oh, mm. um, Jeff the Goldblum and, likes, uh, likes scores. Yeah. Pretty soon there's screaming. Um, so Bruce Botton mm-hmm. is, is the composer of this film. Borrowing um, heavily from Aaron Copeland and that kind of sound. Yeah. Um, this has a... Uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I can sum it up by saying much like the entire conceit of the movie, it's like a greatest hits of Americana late motif Western American sounds. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like it, all the things you loved, here it is it, in one. It hits the Western sound really well. I will give it that. It also at times has a weirdly looney tunish <laughs> quality. Well, where it's, like it, literally everything that happens is being bleep bloop bloop bloop. It's like a slide whistle when somebody yeah, yeah. It's fly, like, falls it's down. Like, Mal, like even in our first minutes, Mal's like sneaking around Silverado at night. And it's like, plink, plunk, 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 plink, plunk, plunk, plunk. You know, because he's sneaking. Score. And I'm like, yeah. well, he's not Wiley Coyote. Like, I mean, like what is happening? Like it's the, the score it, at times, not all the time, but at times is weirdly comical to me. And sometimes when it really shouldn't be. I thought the score. uh, Mal's father's death, in my opinion, is Mm -hmm. like crazy, like off musically. Like. Yeah. It's like, it's like big drama. Things are happening and you should care. Cause yeah. we're showing you these things and I'm just like, Oh my God, this is not working for me. It's just like, uh, and maybe I'm jaded. I don't know, but it just, uh, it, I think to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, I think that in 1985, 
here was a thought I had about halfway through this movie. This is like the Force Awakens to baby boomers. <laughs> like, remember that thing you loved? <laughs> and, you know, you grew up and you were watching John Wayne and Gary Cooper and, you know, and and Steve McQueen and the dirty, you know, or Magnificent Seven. Like, yeah. and that's that Elmer Bernstein score. Sure. You know, and... Remember then that this like in the seventies, like you barely got any of that. Yeah. And now here it all is again. Well, because you had the revision, you had the revisionist western, right? In the seventies. Uh, yeah. You, well, you had you kind of kicked it off with like your Wild Bunch, and then you had like Outlaw Josie Wales, and well, that's what I'm whatever. talking. Those are the revisionist yeah, yeah. westerns. Yep. Um, those, yeah. Those are the you know the the more real westerns. You know. Um, yeah. Like. Hard card consequences for death. Yeah, and like, this this is very much back to the like this is like this is back to shot off. this is really back to the oh, oh well well you 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 just can't come in here and start start shooting a place up. I mean, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's back to that sort of man, thing. Man who know? shot Liberty Valance. Yeah, that oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I got my. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I'm, I'm not quoting anything in that movie. Oh, I, I, I don't think I was either, but <laughs> maybe I was. I don't uh, know. I, I I understand you got a salute. I, I'd like to I'd like to run a fair game. <laughs> now listen here, Mister. I don't like no cheats in my salute. Yeah, it's well, like the perfect summary of this movie is like anybody who gets shot, you know throws their gun up in the air, puts their arms up and does a little twirl and falls down. Oh, oh yeah. Instantly like, dead. Um, or they do the like face clutch, you know, the chest, they clutch their chest and grimace and fall over slow. It's like, it's like you're at the Disney stunt spectacular. Oh, you know? oh, 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 it is. It is universal stunt spectacular for That's sure. This movie. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Movie, yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this movie is Disneyland 19. There's even a, there's even a fall off a roof where I'm like, Oh my God, they even showed like the mat where the guy like hit, mm-hmm. like there's like a big, like divot in the ground. Well, like anyway, you can uh, tell. So here's what I think about and it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I love that stuff. I'm just saying it's, it's different this movie probably hit just right in 1985 to Lawrence Kasdan and his 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 counterparts in the theater. You know, the they're in their 40, you know, 35, mm-hmm. 40. They grew up in the 60s, 50s. They grew up on the Great Western. So this movie was probably like just a just a cozy blanket to them. And they loved it. To us, except no one went and saw it. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a bomb, right? (laughs) Yeah. To us, who have the benefit of hindsight of a whole slew of westerns, and we can view them with equal, uh, you know, we can take our nostalgia glasses off to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, I like this movie for its sappy, corny sentimentality, but never would I put this movie anywhere near you know good the bad and the ugly unforgiven uh no um 
I wouldn't even put open this, range. I, I, I wouldn't even put this movie against Pale Rider, which is literally the same year as this movie. Oh, and was that a hit? Uh, I would imagine it was because it was Clint Eastwood. Because it was Clint because, Eastwood, yeah. And and he spoke to that eighties Reagan era like dirty hairy vibe, you know, like that's the one where that's I'm, the one where he's the preacher, but they don't know what his like past is. And he might be a ghost or something. And he might be like a weird ghost or something. It, it, it's a crazy ass movie. Um, we'll just, uh, I just got a quick, uh, do a quick look here. Uh, pale Rider, $6.9 million budget made $41 million, uh, against Silverado's $23 million budget made $32 million. So yeah. Uh, uh, Pale Rider wins. Yeah, big time in the in the box office department. Yep. Um, uh, it's that, been a long time since I've seen it. I know I like it. Did you get my uh, Force Awakens reference though? There, it's like oh, I I totally I totally get that. This is a, gr- a kind of a I think we've mentioned that before. It's it's kind of a greatest hits of you know yeah. what you want in a western. Um, mm-hmm. I bet if I would have seen this at age ten. You know, I'd probably have a much. Oh, for sure. It could have become like a like, oh, this is a Western that I can watch. Like, this is a family friendly Western. And I mean, shoot, you even even have the high noon gunfight at the end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that it was almost laughable. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) oh, yep. Of course, this movie's going to end in that. I mean, the one guy is like uh, framed by the church behind him, and then like mm-hmm. the other guy is framed by like the expanse of the desert behind him, and it's like, oh my yeah. god, like yeah, of course, that's your good guy, backed yeah. by Jesus Christ, <laughs> and like, and then the other guy backed by nothing, like an yeah. abyss behind him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, oh, and I'm like, that's uh, a little on the nose, but uh, I like it. I like I. It's good. You know, yeah, westerns are supposed to be a little on the nose like that, and I liked it. Um, oh, and P.S. The gunplay in this movie—you've got Scott Glenn and Kevin Costner. They're in a whole other movie with their like. There's literally scenes in the movie where it's like we're gonna show these guys working their guns. Danny Glover's really good too, but there's that uh, the scene that just preceded our minutes where Scott Glenn gets jumped. The work he's doing in that scene. It's almost like they went, hey, uh, it's like Lawrence Kazan went, Scott Glenn's been practicing his quick draw and he's really good. So we're just going to show him doing it. Like we're just going to have a minute of Scott Glenn shooting things. Yeah. Just I, to I, show I, how I good kinda he is. I kind of didn't even get, I'm like, so is he practicing to get ready for the fight? Is that the idea? And then it all serves as a plot device. And to, then they he, jump him because they, are waiting while he's practicing and then they realize he's out of bullets and they're like, ah, we're going to get him now. Yeah. It's kind of a dumb scene all in all, but also like, I remember watching it last night just being like, although I've literally never seen, never seen anybody tied up at each end and then someone run a horse over him. I've I've literally (laughs) never seen that in a film. I was Uh, like that. That's pretty, that's a different, I don't think that was planned. I think it was like, hey, this is working out pretty good. It's like, that's a different sort of son of a bitch way to uh, hurt somebody. Funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so, hey, let's introduce this minute. <laughs> um, this is minute 89. 
89 starts with uh, Mal cocking his Henry. That's a. I'm tracking with you. That's into interesting. Yeah, just the phrasing uh, caught me off guard. All right. So 89 starts with Mal cocking his Henry, and it ends with Payton asking Mal, why are they doing this? In real Princess Leia fashion. <laughs> if you take my meaning. Why are, why are they doing this? Why are they yeah. doing this? Yeah. Did Danny Glover say, I feel terrible? <laughs> he almost does. Uh, <laughs> but isn't it curious? A real empire line in Silverado written by the same freaking person. Yeah. Oh, I was going to, I think I had a thought that I didn't get out. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it's hard not to compare this movie to Raiders of the Lost Ark. What was I going to say? Now the thought is gone. Um, oh, about the stunt work and the falls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Raiders, it's pretty easy to, easy to look at this movie and go, Raiders does all the same things and does it better. Um, like Raiders has the same basic conceit of nostalgia and movies you used to watch but where raiders kind of walks the tightrope a little more perfectly is that it doesn't fully step over into the like even though it it's making every raiders it's somehow selling it all really well raiders somehow kind of makes it new and fresh even though you have whereas i would out i of, would argue this film does not. Mm-hmm. Yes, this movie is very much like it's you've new, seen it's this new before. and it's shinier, mm-hmm. but it's not. It has, it's not fresh, and has suits from Macy's. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Raiders doesn't come off as a like you've seen this before. This is familiar. Mm-hmm. Raiders comes off way more as like you've never seen this before. Except, like, except, it's, except you literally could point out, you could literally could take every, much like you said earlier, you could literally take every scene of Raiders and point to another film that has that scene in it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Except Raiders doesn't trade on that nostalgia. It just goes, yeah, we've seen this done before, but now we're going to do it like you've never seen it done. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this movie's like, you've seen this before and we're going to do it the same. Yeah. 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 That's, I like that. Good job, Jeremy. <laughs> That's how it feels. Like, yeah, you've seen this before. Here it is again. So uh, another great line here. Don't shoot the sheriff. That's against the law. <laughs> and then what's... Yeah, I'd pay a million then... dollars to be in a movie and say that line. <laughs> it's... It's That's so one thing great. this movie has in just... Don't, Every line in this is just so written. Don't like, shoot the sheriff. That's against the law. Yeah. That's freaking and then fantastic. What is his next line? Like, we're going to give you a fair trial. Oh, yeah. Then he has another great line. He's Followed like, by a first class hanging. Yeah. We're going to give you a fair trial. I'm telling you what we're due, friend. This is after they've beat him up and he's <laughs> laying on the ground. I'm telling you what we're going to do, friend. We're going to give you a first class. We're going to give you a, a fair trial and then a first class hanging. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Love it. I can honestly say, 
at this point in the movie, I was actually going, oh, wait, so Brian Dennehy's the bad guy? I thought maybe John Cleese was going to show up again later. I was kind of ready for a John Cleese villain in my in my movie. I I would have I would have kind of loved that. Um Brian Denny is is fine for me. Um yeah. I like that you don't know he's the bad guy until like kind of later. He's pretty likable. Yeah, he's he, he's uh he's pragmatic, right? He knows mm-hmm. the guys he's dealing with are not good guys. Yeah, he thinks he's like, oh, I can get Kevin Klein in my on my team. Like, I know, but he he's like, I can have good guys on my team and bad guys on my team, and we can just kind of just yeah, we can just kind of work everything out. I think that's where he's coming from. Yeah, um, you know, it's even like when the I know it's not our minutes, but it's the when the, the when the house catches on fire, he just walks up and he's like, "Stop it! What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like just let it burn. Like, yeah. He's like, this is stupid. Like, you're just wasting your time. Like, he's 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 very pragmatic. Do you know what I mean? He's like, just yeah. He's just he's not totally. He's not like uh, um, Michael Gambon in Open Range, who's just a bastard. Who's just a mean son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so. He's so bad. I forgot. It, oh, and I the other guy. Was, I forgot it was Gambon. Yeah, and um, uh, I forgot Kim it was Fields. Dumbledore. That was Dumbledore. Such yeah, a bad guy. <laughs> and Kim. Is it? What's his name? Kim. Kim Coates. Uh, also, isn't it fun that like both the Dumbledores we get are like real son of a bitches in westerns, like Richard Harris, Richard Harris in Unforgiven. Uh, yeah. And then and then uh, and then Gambon in Open Range. Oh my God, I yeah. love it. The you know who you know what I'm saying Kim Coates in Open Range. Oh, He's I know. The, yeah, I know Kim Coates. Yeah, who kicks off the final showdown with the whole? Uh, uh, Kim Coates is a you, fantastic. What is the line? Actor. You kill. You the one that killed my friend. <laughs> Kim Coates goes, "Yeah, killed the boy too. I enjoyed it." Yeah. And then the whole big shootout. I don't want to spoil it. People, if you want to see, you can get through the whole movie open range and be like, eh, this movie's not for me. But if if for no other reason, watch open range because of the final gunfight. But you got to watch the whole first part. Otherwise, you won't care. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's the brilliance. Uh, um, open range is, that movie just snuck up on me out of nowhere when I saw it in the theater. It's like, what? This is great. Yeah, it's an un, it's an I think it's being more sung these days, but it it yeah. was unsung uh yeah. when it came out and for quite a while. Um Yeah, directed by uh Kay Costner. Yeah, Mr. Costner. Um I love how Cobb never moves. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even change body position. Like it's got all his He's a manipulator. He's got all his cronies. Yeah, he's kind of he's just leaned back on those stair steps, and he's got his gloves on. I feel like the gloves are a choice. He's oh. like, no, I I don't get my hands dirty. Yeah, um, and all my people. 
Uh, you do get we do get Jeff Fahey for just a second this mm-hmm. minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to point him out. Um, he gives him the nice rifle to the to the ribs. He's so evil. He's like wearing black eyeliner, like to make him more evil. <laughs> um. Also, I noticed in this 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 uh, scene, um, single source light for this mm-hmm. whole scene. Yeah, and um, and people probably, I mean, if you really look at it, you can notice that there is, you know, Mal is kind of backlit for the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think I think all they're doing is is just a reflector to bounce some light up onto him to make him stand yeah. out as the hero while everyone else is, you know, half shadowed. This is the kind of stuff you and I as movie nerds notice. Like I watch this and go Hollywood. Like we could, I know actually this is a, a bit of trivia. I learned about this movie. The whole thing was shot on location. Yeah. Every shot, every shot, except for one insert shot, uh, which I think, yeah, which I think is on the little featurette, but what's ironic about it is like you go through all these pains to be on location and then you have shots like this where it's like, this could have been on a soundstage cause you're using artificial lighting. Yeah. Um, which again, not a criticism, but in contrast, go watch pale writer, go watch unforgiven. Like I think unforgiven, I could be making this up, but I think Unforgiven is one of those movies where the whole movie is natural lighting. Like if there's a scene in a room with candles, that's the light in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, they're, they're very, very at the, at the, at the bare minimum, they're very spare with using stage light. This film has very, uh, I mean this, this scene I think is, is film wonderfully, but like the jail, yeah, yeah, yeah. the jail scene that we're going to, get up to here um like the light on them is like that's like a street lamp like a modern day street lamp. Yeah, but like just... the um i think they're playing it as moonlight personally mm-hmm. but um it's pretty sighty for moonlight oh um sorry i'm jumping all the place when ezra danny glover's dad is killed yes what am I missing? He's at the river. It's daylight. They cut to Danny Glover in the dark. He's in pitch a, black because he's in a cave. Okay, that's what I missed. Like, like I was like, wait, what? Is they're this like, they're here? like hit up. They're hit up in a cave. That's, that's actually right. where our minutes start. Okay, and that's where that he's cave. got Glenn. That's where he's got. Uh, I think I missed the establishment that that's where they are. I don't think they ever have an establishment of that's where they are. That's why it doesn't make sense. Like, wait, why is Danny Glover? I think it's a line of dialogue by his dad because I've been hiding like a cat, a mad cat mm-hmm. up in those caves. Yeah. They, so they poor they, establishment of yeah, where there's he no, is. There's no ever an establishing shot of. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what you're. That's what you're seeing there is uh, them hiding yeah. out in the cave, and that's where so Scott Glenn. This... That's where Scott Glenn's getting better is is in that cave. So okay. Um, so we end this with Danny Glover uh, getting in prison and Kevin Klein walking in. Yeah, and then we get uh, 
So we it get uh, after this scene of them kind of beating him up and stuff, and they're like, "Where's, where's your buddy?" Um, it's real. We always talk about economical filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some people could have a extended beating sequence <laughs> of torture sequence of let's really show the audience how nasty this is how, how nasty they've been to uh uh danny glover's character mal and uh they don't they just do a hard cut to mal in prison and he is way worse than the last time we saw him so we know he's been worked over well this is i have no problem with it this is a long movie it's so, it's a long movie. Um, it's good that they did that. I would I would I would say maybe a little too long, but um, I would say this movie is really front heavy. It has the similar structure to like a good, the bad, and the ugly, where you got to meet all your characters and have extended scenes mm-hmm. to learn them and meet them. But it actually has very little to do with the rest of the movie. Yep. Yep. And then you don't really get them all together. We don't get all of our characters together until we don't even get to Silverado for like the first until the second act, right? It's basically forty minutes into thirty-five, forty minutes into this movie where you get the first shot of them riding together, like your magnificent seven. Yeah, like and there's a big swell, you know. Boy, 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 oh boy, is that a great shot? Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that's really like this movie. We're you know we have one more episode, but I'll kind of tease into it now. That's kind of my overall feeling of this movie like strong first half yeah um even though it is greatest hits yeah you're meeting a bunch of characters you're setting a stage and then the second half just i don't know (laughs) it just they're just like okay we got all this stuff going how how do we get to a shootout like that's kind of how it feels Mm -hmm. like let's how so they basically do the plot contrivance of kidnapping the boy and we're kind of into that now i mean that's what these move these scenes are basically we're in the scene we're in the part of the movie where all of our characters are getting knocked on their butt we're into empire strikes back absolutely yep everybody's getting knocked down and somebody's kidnapped you know there's there's stakes and it's the kid why the kid like this character we barely know uh you got earl from Home Improvement is <laughs> yep, the dad. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's all kind of getting into the next minutes. But this is, I mean, we're right in the middle of. Yeah, those aren't, those aren't really our minutes. But uh, but we've got, we we well, we have Scott Glenn down. Yeah. We've got Danny Glover down. We have the stage set for Kevin Costner to go down. Yep. Um, and so really that. If this this is the point in the movie where I'm starting to kind of be like, okay, it's the kid. Well, and even getting, it's I mean, fan- not, not not to get into the next minute, but I mean, yeah. Kevin Klein characters down because not, of not, uh, not physically, but mentally. Yeah, because he's got his new gig and he's he has to measure his loyalty. But that's he's that's, like, that's, Why? that's that's next minute, which yeah. brings us to. Hey, all you pod pokes out there. 
Did you know the Silverado Podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play or at the main site at SilveradoMinute.com? Well, it is. Did you also know that you can find out all the reckons and reasonings that your little hearts desires at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon? It's done there on the Facebook, and you can also get out on it on the Twitter at Silverado MXM. So please join us here next time at the Silverado Minute. Yeehaw! Yeehaw!